The Swarmcast podcast is recorded, mixed, and produced on the poop deck of Gravy Jones Locker in the heart of Columbia, South Carolina. On the show, we talk about the gaming hobby and random fandom. Opinions on this show are... Mostly recorded live at Scarab 2020! Woot! I'm Toast, your cobalt announcer! And now, prepare to delve into the mind of your host, John Minas! Hey guys, John coming to you. That's right, the one and only John. And uh, what you're about to hear was a lot of stuff that was recorded at Scarab 2020. So there's some interviews with some guys from like uh, Twice Alive Games, Christopher Miller from Chris Miller Games. Uh, we got a few mega board game reviews, including including a couple that are big coming out to kickstarter very soon in february so just a few days away uh although their kickstarters are probably going to be a week or two away anyways you'll just have to listen to figure out what those are it's pretty cool some pretty cool stuff um all that plus i don't know um some audio recording taken at something called the RPG Pharaoh's Challenge for 2020 at Scarab Gaming Con. You'll just have to listen. You'll get an idea of what sort of uh, torment I put these GMs through. And you'll get to find out who the winner was. As well as learning some about the contestants. Which may have included Calvin and Brooklyn Corn. Spoiler alert. They didn't win. But hey, it's going to be a lot of fun. So listen in. Swancast has board game reviews for you. Yeah, we got the good, bad, and other stuff to tell you. So listen up to our board game reviews. You really like it or I'll make you eat your shoes. <laughs> so this is a review of the previewer copy of Garinto by Grand Gamers Guild. So that being the said, you're not going to get our, our usual uh, stats and such because there are none. There are none, per se. Um, in this game, it does have four player mats, so it looks like the initial copy, at least, is probably set up for a max of four players. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that being said, we're going to be ref- we're going to be talking about when we talk about some of the components and such. We're going to tell you how it's going to differ from. How they've, what, what they've told us the correct the correct one's going to be. So we're really kind of reviewing a lot more of the game mechanics on this. So this is a little different for our normal game reviews. But hey, it'll be interesting if we, or excuse me, when we get the actual game. Yes. To then do an actual game review of it as well. So it's me, John. And Ruby. And right now I know my voice is kind of all over the place because this is literally a few hours after Scarab Gaming Convention ended. Yes, so we don't get to game at our own convention. We had to come home and game. Yeah, we had to come home and do it. 
<laughs> so the Garinto uh, Kickstarter from Gamers Grand Gamers Guild is going to start. Um, I believe I said around February twelfth. Correct. So by the time this comes out, um, I think their Kickstarter will still be probably a few weeks away. Yes. <laughs> so that's kind of exciting, right there. So with this game, you're basically trying to align up um, elements, as they called it, to score points based off of a certain number of seasons. And Ruby just found out that a Garinto is actually a... A Japanese type of Buddhist pagoda believed to have been first adopted by the... Oh, I'm going to murder some words here. (laughs) uh, Shingo and Tendai sects during the mid... Heian period? Oh, I know that was all wrong. I'm sorry. Please don't don't write in. <laughs> uh, it was used as a memorial or funerary purposes and is therefore common in Buddhist temples and cemeteries. Okay. So in this, you're, you're aligning your elements to gather your energy in order to achieve balance and harmony. And that is because these towers are called five ring towers and uh-huh. they're all different shapes and sizes. Right. So for this balance. there are yeah, okay. So for this you have um everything's kind of in sets of five because there are five different elements. So you have these tiles that you're placing out on this board and you have to strategically move the tiles around the board taking turns mm-hmm. and collecting tiles depending on the element. Right. Certain elements um, will tell you how many tiles you can pick up, pick up and from which direction you can pick them up to Correct. add them onto your play mat. And then where you add on there, the more understanding, as they call it, you have a, you know, more attunement you have to that element, which means the more, el- more of a particular element you pick up or collect will then increase how many tiles you can actually pick right it increases how many tiles you can pick up as long as you're using that element so it creates an interesting set of strategy yes it does and and an interesting way to block other people Mm -hmm. because one of the mechanics is when you move if in a two-player game at the very least um when you move your first your second piece or whatnot (laughs) you then do all your score, your picking up of your tiles, and then you remove one tile from the path. So you probably right. want to choose something that's going to stop your opponent from, from scoring a lot, a lot of, tiles. of tiles. Right. So, um, and I and I when I can see how you would only use that mechanic in a two-player game. Yes. Because Four everybody's going, going to be doing. Right. Yeah. So so after about the second or third season. You, you're probably going to be more inclined to go, do I want to do this to score a lot of points or do I want to do, do this? this? Because if I do this, else. then my opponent's not going to be able to do this. Now, John did just mention seasons, so we should back up a little bit here. Right. It's basically you play through the four seasons, which are basically four rounds of the game. Mm-hmm. Or four rounds of the... Right. And after each season, mm-hmm. you do a scoring from your from whatever the goals are mm-hmm. depending on and it's usually determined how tall your stacks of tiles are now the goals are a deck of cards right. that all have different things on them um for example our goals in the first one we tried were to uh score our highest and shortest stacks and then also our next one which was a little <laughs> weird i must admit it's, imagine uh, your stacks lined up from shortest to tallest including stacks of zero then score the stack. Oh, uh, 
scored the stacks that are different, different from, from the middle the middle stack. Right. Which sounds bizarre, but you had to reread the card a couple times. Once but we when you did it a couple physically times, see it, yeah. yeah, it was really easy to to kind of pick up on that yeah. and do it. Now, what's interesting about this is you choose two gulls to put into the middle of the board, and it is random, and they have a nice little size right. deck of goals, so it definitely helps with its replayability. Right. It's it's going to be a different game each time. Right, because you're going to be you're definitely going to be playing it different each time. Right. You're also playing these key elements. These are um, one of those five elements right. that we've talked about, and at the end of the game. The more you have of those key elements, you'll get some points. Those right, are, and, you cho- and two are pulled out onto the play mat. Mm-hmm. So you see those from the beginning of the game, but they're only scored at the end of the game. Right. That is a, an end-game scoring mechanic. So it could drastically change one player's right. scores. Exactly. And so that so those combinations right there mm-hmm. allow for huge a huge amount of replayability, change of tactics every right. time you play it. And on top of that, for even more playability uh-huh. from when you set up the board, they give you the initial setup, um, they, which is two on a ring on the outside, then three, and then a stack of four. But then in the back of the rules that they provided, they give right. you four um, different ideas on how to set up the mountain, yep. the scoring mountain. They call it al- alternative, uh, excuse me, alternate landscapes. And so that, yeah, can drastically change how many of each tile are in the thing to make this map. Right. And what that does is it then changes how you move the tiles off the path and up the mountain and around the mountain Mm -hmm. because they're different levels from two to four, I believe, is the top. Correct. Initially. So. Yeah. So this and this. So that also leads this game to be one that um, looks pretty interesting, pretty amazing when it's set up. Right. Because it's got a very three dimensional vibe to it. Right. And when they talk about moving the stacks on the mountain or up the mountain or even in the different sets up the the lake or the Uh wave. Yeah. um, If you look at it, you'll definitely see. How that it shapes like that. You're right. Because when we start, it's like, oh, I get it. I get why we're moving these up the mountain. Because we are actually moving mm-hmm. these up a mountain. It, yeah. It went two, three, and four at the peak. Right. So, thematically, I think it really captures that. Yeah, me too. Okay. So, let's go into our a uh, little bit of our, our usual kind of topics that we uh-huh. do when we do our board game reviews our regular board game reviews oh you mean the good the bad and the other that's correct okay. so what's let's say some good about Garinto. uh it's a game i actually am looking forward to purchasing uh-huh. um i i really do want to back this on kickstarter just so you know uh-huh. um <laughs> so if you're listening mark mark specter that's <laughs> what uh you've got one sale <laughs> right um no, I even even in the previewer copy, I like the components that they've added in it, and they've made a mention that the tiles that are going to form the landscapes are going to be different. This is this is literally just the previewer copy, but uh-huh. even that I like. Just the simple wooden tiles with the colored stickers, their colors. Right. Uh, it's, it's got a nice clinky this, feel, even though yeah, yeah, even yeah. though it gets a little slippery when moving around. And so it's got a. a um a sort of a feel of of simplicity that things like 
Right. Like um, you'd you'd said, oh, this is this kind of makes me think of the games like Go and Checkers and Checkers and, in a way, and but very um, three dimensional and Mahjong. Or right, or, right. or, or so even, it has that neat clinking yeah. sound. Yeah. And I'd even uh, compare this to games like some more current games like Shobu. From oh, uh, Cl- yeah. Cloak and Dagger. Na- oh my gosh. Smirk and Dagger. Smirk and Dagger. <laughs> it's been a long weekend. <laughs> um, but I like it. Uh, mm-hmm. I like... Uh, every every bit yeah. of the... About the replayability, the randomness. That's, the yeah. fact that this game plays pretty darn well <gasps> right. with two players. Right. Is um, good. Um, and I imagine this game would be even more intriguing. With four. With three or four players yeah Yeah. um so the other thing i did like is that even reading through the rules setting the thing up and playing it it took us between 30 and 45 minutes i'm always a fan of the games that you can get to the table understand the rules and and play quickly set up and get in there and yeah right and it has enough replayability like we've said Uh uh-huh but it also has that strategy, but you don't have to just sit there and think. You can just kind of like, oh, uh, yeah, okay, I'll just do this. And right. it's still fun. Right. So let's talk about, because we talk about a good, mm-hmm. let's, let's say, let's talk about the bad of Garento. Okay. I think uh, a big chunk of our bad just has to do with the f- with really kind of minor things. Yeah. Um, things that... Again, because this is a previewer copy, well, are, yeah, I've been indicated to us are not going to really be much a problem of an issue. in the final game. Yeah, because for us, I know I was fat fingering a lot of these stacks tiles of, and stacks. Yeah. It's like, oh, I moved this all over the place. Let me yeah. try to stack it. And up. they would slip around, but right. they even said in the previewer copy they they provided an additional sheet mm-hmm. that said the final tiles will be interlocking tiles. So so again. In so, the final so for game, bad, right, uh, right. That's a bad more mostly about that, right. One thing we we did kind of note on in the scoring, and I'll put this in our bad category. Yeah, okay. But it's not. I mean, for a bad category, it's still this isn't right. horrible. Is the scoring track goes up to fifty? But I know you ended up with like I lapped it. You almost went to a hundred and fifty at one point, right? And that you, was probably because of the the combination of the gold cards. That we got. Right. If you it just ch- happened to be we yeah. hit one that scored a lot of points. But mm-hmm. there's others that won't score as much. Because I had lapped once and right. was, was about to lap my third time. Second. Or second time. Second time. Fine. Rub it in. I am. I lost. Uh-huh. I lost you did. By a lot. You did. <laughs> <laughs> so so we, we would uh, probably, we would either do kind of what we did. Either do lapping right. to kind of figure out. But you might have to keep track of like how many, how many times that I lap, right? Or um, some way to indicate you've lapped, right? Or or possibly if if there was a way to um, re- reduce the the sheer number of points you actually end up with. Yeah, but again, I think that's because of the combination of goals we got. I, I think you're right. And that may be just be an anomaly, or maybe we were scoring it wrong. Right. <laughs> but if the if the um, the score tracking part of the board is what's gonna throw you off, um, you know, pen and paper, paper. work pretty right. nice. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, anything else we want to say that might be um, in our bad court, bad category for Garinto? Um, no, not that I can think of. I, I do admit we. Oh, the initial reading of the rules took a little bit 
to wrap our heads around. But again, let's give that caveat but, of we've been up at a four-day convention. That's right. <laughs> and we came home to play a game. Right, right, right. So. So. Uh, but yeah, but with, yeah, and like Ruby had said, but once we we got it, yeah. it was it's easy. The first enough. season we played through because uh-huh. there's the four seasons. Uh, yeah, after when we were in the second season, it was like, oh, was like, oh I, I get, get it. it. <laughs> you know, so you stumble just like with any new game, though. So uh-huh. I don't know if that should be in the bad category. Any uh, new game, fair enough, fair enough. You can always kind of stumble at first, right? Okay. Uh, then I guess we jump into our other category. Yeah, this game's got a lot of other and it's going to be harder to kind of really pinpoint a lot of our other category because we know so much of this is going to change up once the uh right the retail version comes right. out right because this is as we said the preview uh-huh. previewer copy only right. so it has a neat little um uh whatever it's called start coin to indicate yeah. who the first player is it looks like a japanese coin the right. ones with the little holes in the middle right and unlike some games, this 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 start token uh, is very important. It is yes. very needed. It's yes, very good. Yes, yes. It's not going to be one that you're just going to be like, well, Toss in I mean, that's neat looking, but I think I can keep track of who went first. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be one that you're going to want to Right, use. because in the rules, the person with the lowest score gets to go first. Gets to go first. On which was track. John every turn. Yeah, yeah. So it actually, the other thing is we mentioned the seasons before on the scoring track. It has uh-huh. the four seasons and you put a Garinto on each season that you're playing through. Right. They've got a nice little sculpted uh, Garinto, sculpted yeah. Garinto yeah. that you're moving around. And then you have a player mat in front of you uh-huh. and you have a color coordinated marker on the actual scoring track. Right. Now with these with these tiles, and I gotta imagine it's gonna be not too different from this. Mm-hmm. What I liked was the fact that not only were the tiles all different colors. Right. And you knew what those colors were. It's like right. you knew that the red was the fire. fire. And right. they ha- they had a symbol on them. But right. if the symbol was gonna throw you off, the it color was still there. Right. It didn't matter. And, like that a lot. and unlike a lot of different games where you're like, well, is this for air or is this for water? The colors, the blues, right? They, they aren't both sense. blue. Well, they make sense, and you could tell them apart. Right, right. The the blue didn't look, look like, like the white, right. or something like that. Correct. And the um, the abilities that the different elements gave you was um, you could either read it in the instructions, but or if you forgot, if you looked at the board, the board. board. Gave you hints on how those right those it elements gave were you supposed a to work. diagram. So uh, <laughs> that was really nice. That was really other. Um, the other thing we can mention about the other is this one also came with I think it was five tiles. So from the from else. the from the preview, previewer copy they do uh-huh. include the dragon mini expansion, which comes with five dragon tiles. You play you can we played without them, but if you add those tiles in you have two additional rules. Uh-huh. Basically, they f- work as a wild card. When you move the dragon from the path up the mountain, you make it behave like any other element of your choice. Right, so for collecting your... Correct, the for tiles. collecting the tiles. Uh, the second rule is when you move the dragon from the mountain into your play mat, you can assign it as any one mm-hmm. of those elements, but you can't change it once it's assigned. Right, so you basically add it to that, one of those five stacks... Right, your playmat. So I'm I'm really interested to see how they're going to, um, how the how that's that, gonna how that would play right, out. Right, how it would be packaged, actually. Right, so on right. the Kickstarter, you're gonna have the base game, obviously, but is is the expansion gonna be 
a is it going to be a, a stretch goal thing, or, or is it going to be yeah right yeah, that's going to be neat to see how right. that works out i'm excited because i too. i think those dragon tiles um would definitely add right an interesting right experience to the game right. a game that already has a lot of a lot of replayability and a very interesting experience right. to it and like i said it, it's it's a decent sized box. I'm not. Um, I mean, even if this is just their preview copy and this is the size box that they're choosing, uh-huh. I might put that kind of in the bad category because it's kind of big for the components that are in it. This is this is a a larger uh, the the foot the foot foot and a half square box, right. by about three inches tall. And it doesn't need a lot of space. But again, this is the previewer copy, uh-huh. so who knows well, yeah. what the final and version that, is truly going to look and like? And you know, the playmat playmat part of it, yeah, I think definitely necessitates something a little bit bigger, but like, not like as big as this. Okay, fair enough. The playmat doesn't. It takes up. A th- oh, you're right. The playmat takes up. Yeah, so it's possible that it yeah. might it might end up in a in a smaller? slightly smaller box. Yeah. Because I think those tiles are actually going to be a little bit smaller. Yeah. I, I mean, again, it's also previewer copy. Previewer copy, so who knows? <laughs> right. Uh, do we know who we're sending? We're, since this is a previewer copy, we got this from Donald Dennis on, uh-huh. on board games. Yep. So and we have to, to uh, ship this off now to, I don't remember who. So after it leaves our hands, it's going to go to um, Brawling Brothers. In Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So this is going to take a bit of a trip from Columbia, South Carolina, up to those guys. Right. Well, where's Grand, Grand, Grand Gamers Guild from originally? Do you know? Um, Mark told me when I interviewed him. Uh, uh-huh. I, I wanted. I don't remember if it was Indianapolis or something. Okay. So it's going from somewhere up north. It went down south, and uh-huh. now it's going out west. Right. So it's been traveling around a lot, this yeah. review copy. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. That is. So I'm hoping those guys uh, at brawling bros that they um like donald threw a <laughs> through <laughs> through uh something from his podcast and his convention in there and so we threw a little something something in that box yeah. too so when it makes it way back to to mark or whoever yeah. i'm hoping it has a lot of little uh <laughs> yeah. little things from the reviewers kind of thrown in there too yeah. they kind of go. all right well this was a review of the preview copy of garinto by mm-hmm. grand gamers guild Yep, so check that out when it hits um, February 12th-ish. February 12th. Robo Junkyard by Evans Games. For two to four players, ages eight and up, plays in 25 to 45 minutes. Robo Junkyard is a fast-paced game about getting rid of all your cards, junk, faster than all the other robots. Throw junk into a pile, push the pile in front of other robots, or blow up the pile entirely. Do what it takes to get those shiny victory credits. Yum. So the robots sitting at this table, we have a uh, robot evil Tim. Beep, boop, beep. A uh, robot uh, chaotic neutral Calvin. Beep, 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 boop, boop. Robot true neutral Ruby. <laughs> beep. <laughs> and I, I guess, uh, what? Uh, evil robot John. Actually, no, I don't have a mustache. Nope, no mustache. No mustache. No mustache. So, no mustache therefore, I'm not. A, I'm not an evil robot. <laughs> <laughs> Only people that notice that me and Amy. Isn't that weird? So, anyways, so this game, as Ruby says, Robo Junkyard. 
So before we get into our uh, regular part of the route, uh, let's throw a little caveat here. This is uh, based off of a reviewer copy that we got for a game that's coming out on Kickstarter February 25th. So hopefully by the time you guys are listening to this, it will either just be coming to Kickstarter or it'll be coming soon, and you can go back it. Yeah. So that being said... We're going to start out with a little new category. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would you recommend it and would you buy it? Yep. So. All right. So, guys, would you recommend Robo Junkyard? Recommend? Um, Yeah. I would recommend it and I probably will definitely look into the Kickstarter when it comes out. So, Okay. I'm on the fence. Mine's a maybe. Okay. Um, (laughs) Despite what our playing uh, the game actually may have seemed, I would recommend this game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, and, and would you buy it? Um, not particularly. It's not really. It's not your type of. Not thing. my. It's not my deck of cards. It's not your deck of cards. Not your pile of, of junk, as it were. Yes. Okay. And like I said, I I would probably will because I get my nieces and nephews, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. like I f- feel like this would really work out well for them. So. Okay. I would not, but I don't like super competitive games, and this can get very cutthroat. And I'm kind of on the fence on it too. So, uh, but Calvin's going to do it, so that's great. I mean, so yeah, I, I for proof. Now, I, well, that's that, that being said, <laughs> that being said, I will definitely check out the Kickstarter because I'm curious what sort of at the very least what sort we'll, of components are going to we'll be. We'll put in a dollar. You, you throw in some some uh, robot meeples into this, and we're a sucker for meeples. You've, you've, you've got me sold right. on it. That being said, it's it definitely does not need robot no, meeples. It does not. So, what do you go to a group of meeples? Meeple, That's irrelevant to this. <laughs> well, Tim, meeples is does, uh, plural already. Does not compute. All right, so let's go into our normal categories here for this review of Robo Junkyard. All right. So, what's some good we can say about Robo Junkyard? Um, the art was kind of cute. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Art was very cute. The the fact that each different robot had like a special thing was cool. Yeah, I agree. Those were yeah. some cool stuff. I think once we started playing, we got the, we got the, yes. the hang of the game. It played pretty quickly. Yeah. It, it, Went pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Well, once once we got into it, yes. it went pretty fast. The um, and setup was easy for each round. Right. Yeah. The uh, uh, this is gonna sound weird. If this is actually the way that the game comes, the uh-huh. size of the box and everything, it's a nice smaller sized box. The cards fit in it well. I think it's an appropriate size. A lot of games these days go too big, and then you have these weird inserts on the inside. I don't but, know what you're talking about, Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like I like the size of the box. It's a smaller like, box. Yeah. I like the game. I think the game plays well. Mm-hmm. It's just I know me, and I do get a little competitive and mean with them, with skipping people and and you know. Okay. And the flogging and the right, screaming well, right, right, and right. the crying. Um, go ahead. Oh well, if, if unless you're no, no, I'm good. What, what were we talking about? The good, 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 the good. still okay. good. Yeah. So Ruby's good. Uh, Ruby, you're good. Led into our next category, which is <laughs> what's what's some. What about bad? What can we say that's bad for Robo Junkyard? Uh, personally, I think maybe the red and the pink are a little too similar in color, but the because the robots are different, okay. it's easy enough to tell them apart since the cards on the backs. Yes. But if you're looking from a distance, color wise, they're a little close. So the only thing really distinguishing them are the actual robots. Okay. Okay. 
You know, uh, those people that always complain about colorblindness. The colorblindness. Yeah. yeah. Right. So having the different shapes. Shapes on, really okay. helps. I, I will say, um, in my band, Corny, the, the initial kind of, the initial round uh, going into this without knowing what the rules was right. seemed kind of clunky at first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know for my gut, I said it played really quick it once did. we got past that first, first round. Because once, yeah. once we all got the hang of, oh, this is what these cards do. Right. Right. It got a lot easier because because in that first round I had a card where it's like you get to do this thing and I was like well if I knew what any yeah, of these cards did right this might mean a whole lot more to me right, right or now. reveal the hand and right and be it's like, like I don't like, know I don't those, know if I want to see all seven yeah. cards in someone's hand and right. yeah, what that's right. actually gonna do for me right um, I do have another bad all right um, so it's kind of a bad kind of a good kind of another. Every robot has one card, at least uh-huh. one card that has a star, which means it's unique to that robot. Yeah. And that number, so that number is different for every robot, but each ability for those robots are different. And it definitely seems like different robots' unique specials are not balanced per se. Yeah. Like the yellow okay. robot just plays as a number nine. You can only play it alone yeah and it does the same thing as a normal number nine yeah it doesn't versus, feel like there's anything special added it was more like an added restriction to it yeah right. i had no idea what Whereas, yours actually was it was i, I could look at the, the collection again but he had to only play it alone but i could only play it alone weird. whereas like the pink robot That's weird. was yeah. the pink robot was really good if you got it early on right because um, it lets you pick up that. Because it lets you pick, pick up, up all your, your extra cards, extra right. cards and it can give you kind of an idea of what you had in the, the stash. Stash. In the stash. And okay. the blue players let you take an extra turn. Yeah, and the the red lets you do. Um, you could dis- dis- if there was dish cards, cards. If there were cards yeah. in the pile, yeah. I could give dish them, them out to you, to, the, to the, the other players. players. So so it's like some of them seemed a little better. I I think blues and in. in uh, Pinks mm-hmm. were probably the better of the two. I Nines, I didn't quite understand yeah. how that was a bonus or a so, good thing. So, so funny. The listeners might not think this is funny, but I'm looking at it as like if Calvin and I switched mics, we would have mics. Our mics would end up with the color of the robots we were playing. Oh yeah, sort of. Yeah. Yo, well, you were playing pink. I was playing no, I blue. I was pink. Oh, there'd be more. Well, fun. Heck with you guys. We just have to be like Tim's got the right <laughs> mic. Yeah, that's right. Pick yellow. Some rotation around. Any. Anyway. Okay, yeah. so the powers didn't uh, could have. Yeah. I okay. mean, they were. I don't I think I don't any of them were the detrimental. That, that you but have yours, Tim. Yeah. Well, it, so the weird. normal number nine card lets you look at the at the the hold cards essentially. Right. Mine was another one of those. It was but a number I can nine, only play it oh. and he could only play it by itself. Okay. But it also happened to be a number nine. It also happened to be a number nine, which is right. one yeah. of the. Which is what that normally is. Yeah. Like, right. number-wise in the game. Well, yes. Huh. So. Weird. It was a little odd. Weird. Yeah. All right. Um, the effect it, wasn't great, but it was something of a trump card, so. Yeah. Okay. Well, is there anything um, else we want to say in this category? Um, no. Even for mm. everything bad we said, it really weren't, they weren't bad, no, they weren't. per se. Right. They were right. just, like I, said, I think, and again, because I have younger kids around me immediately uh-huh. because uh-huh. probably why i'm more leaning towards getting this i got you. yeah i got you. um i don't see like i don't see like a group of our age our aged individuals just be like you know what let's go play some robot junkyard yeah it does feel like something more younger, younger. Age. 
but but it oh but we had some serious like, oh yeah smack talking we, yeah, we did table we talk did. on our planet we did it was an enjoyable game it's not something i would say no i wouldn't play it's definitely mm-hmm. a yeah sure i'll sit down and play with you uh, right and for some players if you were in my circumstance where you just kept like <laughs> i don't want to say losing but not winning yeah. every time <laughs> On that last round, it was like, well, that last round to me felt like, well, it doesn't kind of matter what I do. I'm as soon as either of any of you guys get a point. Right. Right. Game's over. And if even if I get all the points, which I did, I still wouldn't win. I'm still going to be way behind. you guys. There was no chance for me to, like, try to catch up or or anything like that. Right. Um, But. I also in my bad category, I I, kind of throw the skip thing in there. I'm not a big fan of, of anything that makes someone skip their turn yeah 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 i I agree with that one right but but that being said it didn't skip for very long no no we had some interesting stuff chain off which does explain why the way that the mechanic is for the um scoring Uh it also explains why it's a 25 to 45 minute game so if you go out very quickly if the first person goes out you're not out for very long right you get two points and then everyone else divvies out to see who gets one point apiece right and then but if, for example, like when I was like, hey, how do we win again? And they're like, well, go out. So I was like, oh, so it can be three turns or. Right. Three turns at least. least yeah. is minimum. Or it was what? Four? Uh, well, I guess six turns at the most. No. <laughs> no, no. No, because. Because someone's always getting, getting two, two points. Oh, you're right. So, yeah. Five turns. Five, maybe? Four. Four or five? Well, whatever. Either way. Uh, Minimum of three turns if the same person wins say, first time every uh, time. You guys do the math and, and let us know. Yeah. <laughs> it's gmail.com. Um, well, is there anything other? Okay. So this is our other category for this game. I know. We kind of uh, we already said, around We already said bad. it's really cute, um, really I, colorful. I, another thing stuff. is if you actually look at the cards, uh-huh. it's basically like looking at the junkyard mm-hmm. as it's going into sunset. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, the higher the value, yeah. the closer. No, it's just the, the no, cards. The different. Oh, because like mine was daybreak, yeah. like in, during the day. So each robot mine was had night. a different kind of. Yeah, yeah. they had their that's own shift work. Neat. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're working in shifts. Yeah. Interesting. Getting rid of the junk now, chunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, completely lost my. Train yeah. So <laughs> as far as the other, uh, I already mentioned this thing comes out on the Kickstarter. On yes. The, on February twenty fifth, we did have a note of a couple changes mm-hmm. that are going to be in our review copy versus. versus the one that comes out on Kickstart. Mm-hmm. They actually have no uh, actual no actual impact on the gameplay or such that we did. Mm-hmm. One of them is that the robots are all going to be named, but that's going to be something the Kickstarter backers are going to get to choose from. That's cool. So instead of saying the pink robot, the yellow robot, they're going to have actual names. actual names. I don't really know what those are going to be. The red so, one should be Clyde. So if, if nothing you're else, out there and you're going to back this, <laughs> so if help nothing me out else, here. Uh, don't forget Pinky. Clyde. Right. So if nothing else, uh, check it out on Kickstarter. Throw a buck at it or something so that you can vote on the names for these robots. Yeah. that'd be pretty cool. What's the, the other thing? The other thing is the rulebook has a QR code and it tells you that there's a three minute long uh, how to play video. Mm-hmm. And in the note here, it says it actually is about a little bit over five minutes. <laughs> so in my opinion, the difference between three minutes and a five minute video is negligible, negligible to me. <laughs> some, of <you> more, <clears throat> some of you more hardcore board gamers that might be, uh, you might be like five minutes as opposed to three. God, table flip. In which case, <laughs> um, I don't know. Your game's, Sorry. Waiting, your game's waiting for you out in in the parking lot 
on fire. <laughs> on fire. <laughs> yes. I think that's actually a neat thing nowadays. The newer games, they start to do these QR codes and play how to play videos, or they put yeah. those type, not yeah. just QR, QR codes, but they put how to play videos out there. So that also helps a lot with the rules. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't take you as long to slog through reading. Not that the rule book was long, per se. It, it just sometimes seeing something, people are more visual learners than they are. I will right. say this. Going through the rule book, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a <laughs> huge rule book. Um, it read pretty well. It wasn't confusing. It did have a little FAQ thing in it, but I don't think we actually Mm-mm. had to. I, looked, I think that. we looked at it once just yeah, to verify we really that we to, were doing it the right, right way. Just to verify, wait, well, whose turn is it this way? Because, okay, there is an interesting mechanic where if if, if Ruby can't play a card, she picks up that pile. And instead of going to the next person, it goes back to the person who played right before her. So it's it's a tactical strategy on right. how to get rid of your cards. Right. It, it, so it's got some some nice little strategy tactic in there too. So all in our uh, robot Robo Junkyard by Evans Games. I think I said that. Mm-hmm. Right? You did. Um, check it out on Kickstarter, February twenty fifth. I think you said. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fun, cute little game. It's got really cute art on it, and it plays within its time frame. It does. It, uh, it that does. always impresses me. Yeah. It yeah. does. It does everything it sets out to do. So that's good. Beep, beep. 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 Valley of the Vikings by Haba Games for two to four players, ages six to 99, plays in about 15 to 20 minutes. In the Valley of the Vikings, the annual barrel rolling contest is taking place. Are you brave enough to face the competition? Use the ball to knock down the right barrels and smart tactics to line up the Vikings on the dock. Courage, skill, and willingness to take risks are required. Because the player who ventures too far and is first to fall in the water goes away empty-handed. The player who captures the most gold coins wins. It's a tactical game of skill. Valley of the Vikings, Haba Games. So reviewing the game, this time we have a bunch of Vikings sitting around the table. We have a Viking named Tim. Gutentag. A Viking named Calvin. R. Oh, wait, that's pirate. He's more of a pirate than a Viking. Yeah, I'm a pirate. Uh, a Viking shield maiden named Ruby. Hello. And uh, I don't know, Viking blacksmith named John. Yeah, I'd see you as a blacksmith. Yeah. I could ma- I could pound out some nails, make a few barrels, things like that. But anyways, so in this, the uh, was it the Valley of the Vikings? Yes. All right, so it's a hobby game, and it's 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 a yellow box, which means it's intended for for kids, for younger for kids. younger adults. So what's some good stuff we can say about this particular game? About uh, It's what? Valley of the Vikings. See, so what's throwing me off is the copy we have is the, is the German box. So I keep forgetting what it's called. I keep thinking it's called Tal der Wikinger. Yeah. Um, good. It's really cute, <laughs> and I have a lot of fun rolling that ball around, hitting the ball. Yeah, it, it's, an, it's, it's, it's fun to, like, do kind of playing bowling it's very tactile yeah it's, baseball. Say it's, it's more like you're playing cricket yeah okay, except yeah. you can understand the rules because you've got a bat you got a, yeah, you got a bat you got a ball and you're knocking down some pegs right yeah. um but it has a really neat really neat components between the coins and the actual you put together the boats but that uh-huh. kind of leads into a bad for me okay what about you tim something you can say good about um i mean it's it's Fairly easy, and knocking things over is always fun. Okay. 
I will say for me, the good is that the rules were not difficult at all. It was maybe two pages of rules. It couldn't have been, it could have been one page of rules. So. Yeah. It played quick, uh, like on the, in, in the proper mm-hmm. appropriate time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So what's something bad we can say about village of the Vikings? Valley. Valley of the Vikings. Um, So the thing that I said kind of leads into the bad for me is the boats are really cool, except the first time you set up and play the game. They're a little bit of a pain to put together. Uh, So even though this is even though this is for kids, you would want the adult to actually set the boats up. But very much. But you can leave the boats put together except for the flag, the 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 uh, sails part. You just take those out, but you can leave the base of the boat put together. So a good. Mm, sort of bad thing about it, and they and they they talk about that in the book too. How they they even say when you're storing it, remove this part. Yeah, and I get that. Okay. Oh. Um, uh, since you're hitting things around, uh, <laughs> things can go flying off tables, or yes. yeah. depending on the velocity, it could also go how, flying into people's faces. Right. Knowing how exuberant. The, knowing, right. Knowing the little kids that we know. Them playing this, I that that stuff would be not. It would probably go much longer than fifteen minutes just looking for the parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it definitely so has the uh, a very high opportunity to uh, peg somebody out. with a or send yeah. stuff flying. You're put your eye, yeah. But there are no sharp, pointy bits there are none. in this. That's true. Even the ball's not. It, it's not a. It's not a solid. <laughs> Why ball. would a ball? Okay, the ball is say. just a, a hollow plastic. <laughs> because thing. I'm going to make a ball. It's going to have all the oh, sharp, pointy edges. <laughs> no, what I was getting at <laughs> no, it was no, like, I, it was I like, got it. If any of this stuff hits you, it's really not going to hurt that bad. Yeah. Right. right. It's not a heavy, dense ball. It's a light, hollow right. plastic. It's not little. Ball. And even the bills, which are more solid, the right. light wood. Right. right. <laughs> it's nice. It's bright and colorful. The pieces are See, easy to pull out. See, that goes into the other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We're still talking about bad stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what's some bad stuff? Well, I do want people to think, oh, I don't want to get this game because it's just going to hurt people. No, no, no. No, no. It's no. Well, we've rolled right into the other. Uh-huh. Okay. See so what I did so there? we're going to bowl or roll right into the other. What's some other that we could say? It's really bright and colorful, and uh-huh. the board pieces fit together like puzzle pieces. Right. Um, and the little the little pieces, the flags and stuff that you put in are easy enough for people with, with big old fat finger people like, yeah. like myself. To be able to pull them out and move them easily, which is going to be great for kids who have the same amount of coordination as uh, old people. Old people with fat fingers. The the, the little yeah. the little um, characters are uh huh look shy look good of being ripoffs. They, yeah, the um, little obviously not uh, how to train your tame your dragon. Uh, yeah, characters. or yeah. other Disney princess yeah, making uh, brave. People's they're brave. Uh, they're obviously yeah. not those characters. Totally, yeah, definitely not. not. Yeah. Supposed to even resemble him at I all. I could see a bunch so. of kids playing this going like, no, I want to be the, uh, yeah, I the, blue, be the blue one because my hair looks just like hers. Or, yeah. I want to be this guy because he's got pointy horns on his helmet. Yeah. 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 Totally. Anything else we want to say about Valley of the Vikings? <laughs> or just, yeah, Valley of the Vikings. It's yeah. very yellow. It, well, it's a yellow box. Well, it's Tim. a yellow box, which yes, means Haba has this color coding system. Uh-huh. So yellow, pink is like young, young girls. Yellow is young children, young to teen. Mm-hmm. And then they have, they have blue, blue, which, which is, is for the teen to adult, to teen, yeah. right? And then they have their other boxes, which are adult games. Which is for mm-hmm. anybody. Right, uh, yeah, or older adults. age. It has more complex rules. 
So all of their games fall into those categories. Right. So like that's, with most that's cool, good to know that. Yeah, yeah. So like with most uh, Haba yellow box games, you get nice big chunky components. Correct. Which are fun for kids to play with. Correct. Even if they're not playing with the rules. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> all right. This was Valley of the Vikings by Haba. Yeah, it's a good game. Yeah. <laughs> that's her shaking the Haba box. Trial by Trolley by Cyanide Happiness and Skybound Games. Three to 13 people, ages 14 and up, plays within 15 minutes. A party game of more dilemmas and trolley murder. One player is the conductor and must choose to send an out-of-control trolley down one of two tracks, crushing everyone in its path. Everyone else splits into two teams and tries to convince the conductor to spare everyone on their track and kill everyone on the other track. It's murderous fun for the whole family. So, what was the name again? Trial by Trolley? Trial by Trolley. So, uh, reviewing this game is uh, Conductor Tim. Hello. Uh, con- Conductress Ruby. Chugga chugga choo choo. <laughs> I don't think trolleys go chugga chugga choo choo. I think they just go ding ding. Mm. My trolley goes chugga chugga choo choo. And um, a, a fine diner of the San Francisco treat, uh, John. So, wow, <laughs> that was an intro that I gave. Uh, so, with Trial by Trolley, so what's some good stuff we could say about Trial by Trolley? As I'm looking at a picture of a bunch of clowns in a clown car. <laughs> oh, see, I see bodybuilders and a dictator on my side. <laughs> so, what's some what's some good? Uh, it's super simple rules. It's very easy setup. Uh huh. Um, I think it's fun. It ha- it has a very if you if you like the um. The other games, Cyanide the Cyanide and Happiness, happiness games, yeah. like like, ch- like almost a joking, joking hazard, like joking hazard, joking hazard. Uh, <laughs> That's me at a cookout. <laughs> <laughs> but if you like, if you like those games, you'll you'll like this one too. Yeah, it's it's very similar kind of aim vein. It's another. It's kind of irreverent judgy, and, judging mechanic where yeah. one person's a judge. Uh, it didn't take much to wrap our head around the rules. Oh yeah, um, we were laughing at pretty much all the choices that we were given, so it succeeded on that. I think it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um, anything else we want to say good about Trial Trolley? If you like Cyanide and Happiness's art style, it's just their art style on all the cards. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, what's some bad we can say about Trial by Trolley? <laughs> I'm not sure if they really know what the word good means, because some of those good cards are not good. <laughs> I think some of those people, that and not the, just some of the, because of yeah, some of the people they wrote it for, have a very different moral compass. Well, this. yeah, <laughs> I, I would say that depending on the moral compass of the people you're with, the even, the good cards can sometimes be bad cards. Right. A lot of them. Are, a lot of the cards are very um, relative to who the judge is, but it's just like apples to apples right. in that respect. Like when you get one of those, you know, my room or my whatever Refers cards to the judge. from apples to apples, yeah. talking about the judge. So on this one where it's like on the good side, you know, Tim is, you know, this, uh, is this particular person. My I favorite think sibling. This is my favorite sibling, you know, and it's like, well, uh, I guess my favorite sibling is the one I hate the least. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it's it's like eh. versus the other side, which is like I don't know the cure for cancer. You know? Yeah. Like, well, that's not really a tough choice, obviously. Well, cancer. Well, I mean, for cure- people we know. <laughs> right, right. Whereas other people might be a, a better choice. Right. And sometimes you get stuff where it's like, well, the good is very subjective. Yeah. Right. The good is very subjective. Um, but so is the bad. the good side uh, on this game. The yes. good side of the track. 
Yeah. Um, that's my only really bad side. I guess no. when you split into teams. I was going to say, if we're doing bad now, it's if you have an odd number. Like, we had an even number of people when we played. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, basically, for the judging... There was one conductor, and there were two people on one team and one person on the other. Yeah. And we did swap around because the conductor swaps around. So, right. so having an even number actually is a detriment when playing Yeah, it, it does get a little awkward because then you have uneven teams. But. Right. Right, right. And that was kind of, I felt that was a little, eh. I was a little meh on that. Meh. But, um, I mean, if that's the big bad thing we got to say, then. So what's something we can say in the other category? Uh, right off the bat. I we played it with like four people. I would have the other. I would have loved to seen this with what was it? Thirteen. Yep. Yeah. I would have loved to seen this with um, more people. Six to eight players. I would have loved to seen that a a bigger group. That's my my other category. The other thing I guess I want to mention is Tim doesn't just have the regular copy of Trials by Trolley, which I don't even know if that's actually a thing. But you got you've got the I have the derailed version, derailed edition. That's right. You got yours from Kickstarter, so it's got like everything. That we- yes, it has. Uh, it has the luminis that comes with it, the, uh, the the Kickstarter expansions and whatnot. So it's got these minis, but the minis really have no actual role in the game. No, I mean we use the mini for the trolley as a replacement for the, as a as the trolley, but, yeah. but the it comes with the little icon or little token thing that you can you put down instead. Right. So you don't need the minis. In fact, no. the minis that you have for the little conductors are kind of... They don't do anything. They're not really. Well, I mean, they specifically made those because they didn't want to add something to the game that mm-hmm. people would miss out on. Okay. Gotcha. So I, I would take those minis and use them in a copy of a game like Rail Raiders Infinite. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're about the same scale. Actually, they're a good scale for like a D&D miniature or something like that. Yeah. You really want to throw people off. Well, my... Yeah, well, uh, you may have an orc barbarian, but I've got an evil trolley conductor. <laughs> and his trolley mount. His trolley mount. He's a fifth-level <laughs> trolley conductor. Yeah, well. Lawful evil. All right, so enough <laughs> of that. So, that. so hey, this was our review for the Cyanide and Happiness game. Trial by trolley. Ding, ding. Choo-choo. Squish. The San Francisco treat. As a board game reviews from the Swarmcast. If you don't like it, I'm a come over a TikTok. Tail! Tail! <laughs> Toast meant to say tail. Toast. Mm. Why do you do that? So right now I'm at registration for Scarab 2020. And Amy's here. Hey, Amy. Hi, John. So how's it going, Amy? It's going very well. I'm very pleased with everything that's going on here at Scarab 2020. We've cool. been around for 10 years, folks. And it's going to be around for at least 10 more. At least 10 more, unless I get tired of it. No, well, no, we'll be we'll be around as long as people could keep coming. And you know, awesome. You know, that's what we live for is our folks. Awesome. So you, so you think you're ready for the uh, the rush of uh, pre-regist tomorrow? I am ready for the rush of pre-regist tomorrow. We are registering for Scarab 2021. Registration starts at noon. And we are going to a new system this year. So it's going to be a lot easier to um, register. And everybody who is in the first 100 gets a super swag bag at the what? beginning of next year's convention 
But you have to be in that first 100 to get it. And guess what? We're giving everybody a discount. So when everybody comes in and registers for that first 100, it's $40 for the weekend, folks. That's 10 bucks per day. That's pretty cool. That's $10 per day. And if you're registering with me this weekend, Sunday and Monday, uh-huh. I, you, I can't guarantee you'll get a swag bag, but I can guarantee that you will get that $40 rate with me on Monday and Tuesday. And unfortunately, we're going to have to start charging a convenience fee for credit cards. Right. But on Monday and um, Sunday and Monday, so right. tomorrow and Monday, and Monday, we are waiving that convenience fee. We're going to eat that fee for you guys, folks. So come on down and register. Four days, $10 a day, 40 bucks for the weekend. It's four days of gaming awesomeness. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, thank you, Amy. Um, I've got to go take my wife to go get some food. Okay. Please go eat. <laughs> we need you to be nourished. Right. I don't want to collapse while right. I'm uh, trying to run exactly. again. <laughs> Thanks, John. All right. Thank you. So, whoo! Still here at Scarab 2020, and I've got a few minutes. The sounds you might be hearing in the background are the sounds of the convention going on. And, very but, active. Very active. But with me right now, I actually have um, Aaron Stimson. Hello. Sorry, I'm trying to remember people's names, and I've been saying people's names all you over. You said it right. That's I great. did. Awesome. I, I knew it. So, hey, Aaron, uh, how have you been enjoying Scarab this year? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so this is my second year of Scarab, and this is uh-huh. uh, this is better than yet uh, last year. Uh, love the arrangement. Awesome. Uh, tons more people. Lots more fun. Cool. So... What, other than the fun and such, what brings you here to Scarab? So I was, I actually met John Dyers of Twice Live Games uh-huh. here last year. Oh, really? Loved okay. his game. Okay. And uh, I was kind of shy, didn't know what to do. Uh-huh. He kind of brought it out of me. And <laughs> I had a few games there and he said, well, I'll bring them. And lo and behold, um, they, they're good games. Uh-huh. Uh, and so he helped me develop them further into what they are today. Very cool. Now I know there's one in particular that you've been showing off quite a bit that I've heard a lot of people talk about saying it was really fun. Fantastic. And uh, and there's lots of pictures of you wearing wearing some sort of crazy get up uh, promoting it. Absolutely, we're all for the crazy. I mean, that's (laughs) just part of the con. I mean, this is great. So yeah, the uh, the game is called Tross. Uh Uh, It's Norwegian for spite. (laughs) And that is the game. You, um, it's a lot like checkers and chess. Uh-huh. Kind of has that feel. You're moving forward, side to side, that sort of thing. The only thing is, you are not trying to eliminate, but you are trying to humiliate, and that's the aim okay. of the game. And if it takes you spiting and killing your own guys to humiliate the opponent, <laughs> that's what you do. And, and having seen what I've seen of it and reading the rules for it, it looks like it captures that very well <laughs> it is absolutely and uh we've I've had we have a great development team at twice live games it's uh-huh. just we've got a team of four guys and we'll just sit at the house uh drinking various drinks and uh, <laughs> eating various foods and just uh having a whole night of hey how can we break this game oh cool that seems like the way to do it absolutely because we know there's always that uh that one guy that wants to break the game and get the advantage right <laughs> So uh, that's that's our aim. How can we break this game? And so far, we've got uh, what we consider a solid 
game enough to play a tournament. Oh, very cool. So is this game in, um, is it in full uh, production right now, or is it just really something you're just kind of yeah. pushing out at cons? So we are, we are uh, home shopping this game. I don't know if that's the right word. Hand making okay. this game, whatever the lingo is. Right. <laughs> and um, in-house and uh, getting it out as quick as we can. Okay. Um, because we, we have found that this, this particular game has a lot of demand. People want it. They uh -huh. want to get it in hands. And uh, it's turned out to be a, a great marriage of being able to make it, make it by hand. Get, uh, we're taking a lot of um, the, uh, what do you call it, the pre. The people are buying it before we're putting it out. Oh, okay. So, some pre-sales on it. Some pre-sales on it. And uh, as soon as we get, we're, we're, all we have to do is finish the box for it. A few little tweaks huh. on the instructions, okay. make them more clear, and we're all set. We're getting them out. Very cool. So where, where can our listeners and where can other other folks go to check this out and possibly do some pre-sales or such? Yes. So you're going to go to the typical www.twicealivegames.com. <laughs> okay. And that will lead you to the Midnight Zombie Sabotage store. We're putting everything on the Mid Midnight Zombie Sabotage store. So okay. if it looks like you went to a different site, it's because you did. That's our <laughs> core. That's our core game. I gotta. I gotta give props to that. Oh yeah. Um, it's our yeah. core game. It's our flagship. So, buy both of them. It's great. Definitely. Yeah, and zombie. Uh, is it zombie midnight or midnight? Midnight zombie sabotage. Oh, wow. I'm telling you, this this stage in the kind words not working well. <laughs> right. You start losing words and brain cells, and it's it's weird. Things start changing colors. It's weird. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, Midnight Zombie Sabotage has been going off pretty well around here at Scarab, too. That table always seems to be full. It is booming. It's a uh, party game, uh -huh. uh, social deduction party game. And uh, it, we've plenty of sales every time. Oh, plenty yeah. of sales and plenty of groups around. They're just having a blast. It seems like the evening crowd is the one that gets the most ruckus. Oh, I don't doubt that. <laughs> so, I don't know if they you've got the sugar the, or what. Well, you've seen the evening crowd around here at Scarab just in general. They're all pretty rowdy. They're pretty rowdy. you got people running around, going crazy, throwing up their hands, all this kind of stuff. It's crazy. Uh -huh. People yelling across <laughs> the room. But I love every minute of it. That's why I try to stay the latest I possibly can. Awesome. Very cool. And you've also uh, been here participating in our very first um, Unpub mini or Unpub yes. uh, event. Um yeah, so I, I put it together, and I made sure space was available, and I have yet to actually be able to make it to any of the tables except to check on you guys and see right. how you guys were doing. I know. You've got to get some time because <laughs> I want to play some of your games. This would be great because I, I love... Yeah, I would love to get some of my games onto the table. Absolutely. We've it, got Dan on our team, Dan uh -huh. uh, Lundberg. Uh, great games. He's got... Oh, my gosh. He's got Ghost of War. Okay. Great strategy game. It's a hidden... Uh, hidden character as a sniper you're going around okay. journaling your moves and everybody else is trying to find the sniper it is it oh, is neat, addictive, neat, neat. addictive. yeah i think um we've, we've been doing some little paper review things where people can fill out uh, little slips to to oh, review yeah. games they've been playing and i remember flipping through some of those and i think i saw ghost of war show up a few times in those, those slips already so that's, that's gonna to be fun. that's gonna be fun to read. When we get all those, we're gonna compile them together, and after a bit, we're gonna read through a lot of those and record those and put those out oh on, my the, gosh, on the that show is too. Such so that's gonna be service. cool. That's, that's gonna so be really cool. cool. So thankful. Yeah. Uh, um, well, hey, well, hey, uh, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, this has been a great thanks interview. For, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, thanks for 
taking some time to talk to him. Well, actually, you should thank me for having some time to. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're t you are scram You are all over this place. I don't see how you do it. I really I, don't. I honestly don't know how I do it either. It's so insane. Thank you very much. Absolutely, yeah. thank you very much. This has been this has been an awesome experience. Very cool. All right. So again, uh, listeners, check out Twice Alive Games. Look out for Tros. Tross. Tross. T R O S S. Tross. I don't know why I said Tross. Tross. And, uh, you know, if you want to pick up that Midnight Zombie Sabotage game, yeah, you might as well do that too. Absolutely. It's the perfect companion piece you must to Tross. Pick it up. <laughs> Subliminal messages. <laughs> we're still at Scarab 2020 and we're kind of winding down the uh, Saturday. I think it's still Saturday. It might still be. I think it's still yeah, Saturday, Saturday for a few more minutes here. Um, Wow, so I have uh, I have some guys here from Twice Alive Games. Yes, I have uh, John, John Dyer, John Dyer, and Aaron Stimson. That's right. And you guys were here last year. Was last year your first year here? At it Scarab? was. Yes, that was the first year I met you. Yeah, that's right. That's great. Right. Yeah. Oh wow! And so the the big the big game that you brought last year, Midnight Zombie Midnight Sabotage. Zombie. That's our flagship awesome uh, game. hidden identity. Uh, has changed my life. I mean, it really has. It's changed mine. Uh, my hair is growing back, and uh, I'm actually taller and handsomer <laughs> from playing the game. <laughs> it's a great. Uh, but my no, marriage we, has gotten better. <laughs> yeah, marriage has gotten better. It's a miracle game, people. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so this game is changing people's lives. Yeah. Well, or changing your life. That's what we're telling them. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's the pitch. Uh, but okay. no, we've been, we've been making a lot of sales today. Uh, once people play it, they get hooked. And uh, okay. we're also, today we had a, a great time demo, uh, not demoing, debuting, debuting. Tross, uh, Aaron yes. Stimson's mm -hmm. Viking Chess. Viking Chess. Oh, it's amazing. And that's a, it's a homemade game. Uh, made some sales on that today. Had a tournament. It was awesome. Um, What's the official term? Homebrewing it? Homebrewing. Homebrewing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, sweat shopping. Sweat shopping. shopping. Sweat that's shopping. Um, that's like homebrewing. Got your little kids <laughs> it making it. It gets in the brew. It yeah, gets in the brew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we, we, when we get to a con like this and we uh -huh. have people's attention, uh, we love showing off our prototypes. Um, one of my favorite prototypes we're working on, people are frothing at the mouth. They're like, I'll pay every you money day, now. Every time. Uh-huh. <laughs> Give it to me when it's ready. We're, we're just a little, we're into the development, but it's Ghost of War Hunt for Pavlichenko. Okay. Uh, this is Dan Lundberg's brainchild. It is a World War II themed, what is it? Hidden movement. Hidden movement. Sniper game based on yes. the exploits of Soviet legend Anna Pavlichenko. It's a real person who. Real person. Apparently, if you read about her, it's great. She took out 300 Germans by herself. At 25 years old, she quit university to defend her hometown and developed this amazing reputation. So in the game, one player mm -hmm. uh, gets to take the role as uh, of Anna, and um, her movements are hidden on the board. The, the board is built with hex tiles and represents uh, grass and river and trees and stuff. And so she moves around, uh, getting in position to eliminate the German soldiers. The other okay. players. So you've got several other players, two, three, four. And you can you can flex that however you want to increase the difficulty for the sniper or uh, adjust the number of players. But right. you control a battalion of German soldiers. Trying to find this dang sniper. Yeah. Take her out. And so as they move out <laughs> from cover, it's very... Uh, it's very stressful. It gets very, <laughs> it gets very emotional and stressful. 
uh, because you, you just got these guys moving out. You've only got a, s- a select few of them. You have like three to four, depending on how hard or easy you want to play. And uh, the this, this sniper's just taking you out. Yeah, she's waiting. She's setting up. You have no idea. And so... It's all based on the telemetry of the shots. Yep. You can kind of figure, okay. Triangulate in. Triangulate It's not as math. So the shot came from here. So Shot came yeah. from here. She must be in one of these areas. Absolutely. You, you, okay. Want, okay. you need people to be killed in uh-huh. order to find the sniper. You just don't want your guys getting killed. Uh, right. <laughs> right. So that's You can have problem. your buddies. Seriously, buddies, like, well, we gotta ha- guys someone's got to get, get, get shot killed. or we're not going to know where uh, this person is. Yeah, so you yes. try to coax everybody else out. <laughs> yes. So, and so it's like stop thief if the thief was carrying a gun and just gunning everybody and gunning down. everybody down. And yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, the as the which the, is nothing like stop thief at all. I've never played it. I'm just gonna agree with <laughs> which you. Is nothing, yeah. Um, Sounds like a great game. Sure, sure, sure. It's just like that, except different. But except I, different. I love it. We we made it. Dan wanted it to be to where the sniper. Um, it's a challenge for the sniper to win. So okay, okay. It, it really, it's it's always in favor of the soldiers. Um, you can. What what's the percentage on that? I think we figured. It's, it's like one in every five games is is what we've calculated. There's a sniper that wins. Is yeah. a sniper win, and it, it's always. Oh, interesting. It yeah. is always a mad amount of respect. We we put them on the Hall of Fame. It's all that stuff. Um, we had one. Yeah. How old out of all the girl? games we played, only one won as a sniper. Today, yeah. This today. Today, today. and it oh, was wow. an 11 year old girl. I think we played like seven <laughs> times. Well, you see them she, kids. There's crafty. They're she crafty. was very crafty. Yes. She like, took me out. I was right. in the game. That's crazy. She took me out. I was gone. I was sad. I cried. Wow. I walked away, and flipped yeah, the table. In the bathroom and for like you a never long came time. back. <laughs> in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> bathroom for a long time. <laughs> but no, I, I, one of my favorite <laughs> moments in the game is uh, you're edging out. You you move, and then you search. Uh-huh. If the sniper's not there, you draw a card. This could go good for the the Germans. This could this could go neutral, or it could go horribly, horribly wrong. And At some f- point, you're like, I don't want to draw anymore. Yeah, you're like, it's better if we don't search. <laughs> um, Please don't search anymore. Let's just go home. Yeah, it's it's so funny to watch. And the sniper, all the while, is keeping track of her stuff in her in her journal. Okay, uh, which to fits monitor. to the oh, historical neat. account. Yeah, that's and, neat. Uh, it's like that. it's an awesome game. So you can learn more about it on. TwiceAliveGames.com And uh, we'll that was sign in, up. That was pure, perfect, man. That was, was in unison. Will you it sync it to where it is? Should we harmonize it? Twice Alive But you can find out more information. Uh, a lot of people... They're trying to throw money at us right now to, to make this. And I love we, that they're trying to throw yeah. money at us, but. You're like, oh, I don't I mean, want to deflect it, this but money. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, if you're interested in, in learning more about this game, we will have a how-to video. Um, if you want to be a backer. Yes. Um, we would love okay. to take you on yep. and figure all that out. Yeah. Especially if you got some business sense to you. There we go. And uh, we will have a survey on there okay. so you can input <laughs> the interest level and your email so we can send you updates on our Kickstarter. Absolutely. That sounds pretty cool. So, how about how quickly does the the game play, or does that it, it or takes, does that depend on? Uh, in my experience, playing? thirty to forty five minutes. But you're gonna play. You're gonna set and play two or three sets. It, it depends. Okay. If the, okay. So, so I, I kind of want to say this. As soon really as the first shots up. fired, the Germans uh-huh. start r- running. Normally, depends oh, on who okay. you're playing with. Right, right. But you won't win that way. The sniper, as she's taking, so. I, maybe I didn't say this. This game plays so different depending on which side you're on. 
so different. Oh, the experience. Oh, the experience. Yeah. Is, oh, I, uh, I can see that. Yes. You want to play the game yeah. twice because you want to play as the soldiers. Uh huh. And then you want to play as the sniper, and it's yes. a totally different experience. Okay. Plus, the board is uh, hex tile based. So the play, can, the replayability is crazy. Oh, it's infinite. I mean, you can you can rearrange whatever situation you want. We'll have some like probably some about presets. six pack in suggestion maps, yeah. uh, and then just have fun and you know let us know which ones. Oh, are that's best. neat. So yeah. the way you set up the, the tiles greatly affects the the playability. Yes. Right? Don't let the sniper uh, okay. set up the tiles. So we found <laughs> Don't that out. Don't let that happen <laughs> because they'll, they'll make a time. kill box. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, oh. I don't know if I do this, then, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, nice I'm gonna funnel, funnel them in this right way, <laughs> yes. Uh, but it's and this is just the first chapter of several. We're gonna be we have several chapters differently themed, different mechanics, and it's good stuff, yeah. I'm biased, but it's awesome. I love this game, I'm gonna buy it as soon as it comes out, yes. Yeah. charge you extra <laughs> right <laughs> right right well cool all right so i've been talking with with uh with john and aaron from twice alive games um i'll replay the 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 little harmonica T -H -E. <laughs> <laughs> yeah whatever the heck we're doing and we're a little slap happy here because yeah, it's, it's a uh, it's late it is saturday almost like minutes away from actually it just turned to sunday <laughs> I, I do want to say this. This is my second year at con. Uh -huh. um, I, uh, this is, I really wanted to bring my children. It was just such oh, okay. an intense yeah. con. I, next year is my, you got to come to Scarab. It's awesome. Very family friendly. Uh -huh. Lots of, lots of diversity, lots of family is great. Yeah. We've had a lot of people just come up and just play games. They never, I mean, it's just amazing. It's yeah. awesome. It's always a party at our booth. Yes, it is. Very cool. Yes. Thanks guys. And yeah. Uh, again, check them out at what was that address they can check you out at again? Okay, no, it's just for real. Dot twicealivegames.com. And you can click on the store and it goes to Midnight Zombie Sabotage. So you're not, don't worry, you're still in the store. Yeah, you're good. You're good. In fact, you should just go ahead and pick up a copy of that game too. You should. I'm telling you, it would Just collect all of the games. It won't hurt our feelings. Yes. Best games you'll ever play. I promise. Guaranteed. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, John. Thank you. All right. So my name's Chris Miller, and I'm uh, the uh, president of Chris Miller Games. I'm the game designer of Ankur Kingdom of the Gods. Um, it's a 332-page uh, uh, sci-fi slash fantasy tabletop role-playing game. I, I originally did the Kickstarter for this back in, I think, 2017. And um, it was successful, uh, much to my amazement. And <laughs> I was able to uh, move forward with uh, printing and uh, have recently uh, published it a little bit more professionally. Um, it, it's now available in uh, Barnes & Noble and Walmart and all those cool places. But it's like a, it's a, it's a real thing. Based on, the, uh, based on the D12 system instead of D20. Okay. There were a lot of reasons why I, I did that, but primarily, um, there, you know, back when the open license agreement with uh, Wizards of the Coast was out, there were some uh, ambiguities as to what could and could not be used, and that, that became even worse when uh, uh, Hasbro bought them out, and they became very litigious, and they were... Sending cease and desist to a lot of my friends. Oh, <laughs> wow. So okay. I decided to just avoid the D20 altogether. 
You got um, straight for the D12. Yeah, well, I, it, it wasn't straight for the D12. I tried, um, you know, percentile, 2D6, uh, dice pools, various different things. Okay. And uh, the, the game itself is based on uh, ancient Sumerian mythology for the most part. Okay. And because of that, uh, within the... Within their culture, you know, they, they practice uh, numerology as well as astrology. And so um, the number 12 was very important in their culture. And so I took that as uh, kind of a sign from the gods, as it were, and, and, <laughs> and used it uh, as the basis for my mechanics. So um, this game is a little different from most role-playing games in that it has classes, but there are no class levels. Okay. Uh, it's a skill-based game, and so the skills have levels themselves. And you uh, have a number called an action potential number or an APN, and that is derived by your, um, your skill number and the corresponding stat. Okay, okay. You add those two numbers together, and that's your target number on the D12. You want to roll that number or less on a D12 to succeed. If you roll a 12, it's always a critical failure. If you roll a one, it's always a success, but never a critical success. Uh, the critical success is that exact APN. Uh, so, for example, oh, neat. Okay. yeah. For example, if you had a sword skill of a three and your perception, which I use for accuracy, is also a three, <laughs> you would have an APN of a six. So, if you roll a D12 and you get an exact six, that's a crit. Uh, anything one through five would be a hit, and over six would be a failure. Twelve being the critical failure. Okay. Um, I use the same mechanic for, <clears throat> excuse me, the same mechanic for all of the uh, uh, skill checks, uh, saving throws, attacks, um, and actually the one die is used to determine not only whether you hit in combat, but to to an extent um, whether or not that penetrates the armor and uh, how much damage is done. And I, I wanted to create a simple you know, uh, combat resolution mechanic because when I first started uh, playtesting this, it was it was with my wife and her friends and uh -huh. family uh, who were not initially gamers, and um, you know, I had to I had to kind of dumb it down a little bit oh, and make um, something that kind of moves yeah. moves pretty quickly. Yeah. But uh, but it worked to my benefit. I think it's a it's a it's a nice streamlined system. Um, the you have something uh, called a PDR or passive defense rating. Okay. Uh, which has to do with, similar to armor class, um, the way that's derived is you, you look at the number of pieces of armor that you're wearing, not so much what it's made up of initially. Um, so if you're wearing, uh, let's say you're, you're Conan the Barbarian, you know, you've got a big uh, girdle, you right. know, a belt, you've got you know, two bracers and a helmet. And so your PDR would be four because you're wearing four pieces of armor. Okay. So on that roll that I made to try to hit you, if I roll above a four, I bypass that armor and hit you in an unarmored area. Okay. You then take full damage. If, however, I roll under your PDR, then that means I hit the armor and you get damage reduction on, uh, from the armor. Oh, off the damage. okay. Um, now, the way you would figure out how much of a damage reduction is based on the material that the armor is made of. So everything in this game has a toughness. Uh, the weapons all have toughness. The armor has a toughness. Every object that, that you could put conceivably break or whatever has a toughness number. <laughs> and um, those toughness numbers are derived from 
a, a table that I have uh, and basically go from, from one to nine uh, on a scale. Uh, but you would say, let's say you had leather and uh, leather bracers and, you know, maybe your belt's got some steel plates on it and your helmet's made of, uh, you know, boar tusk, you know, <laughs> you know okay. something like that. Uh, it's it's actually easy to calculate that uh, piecemeal armor by simply saying you add all the different toughness numbers together and divide by the number of spaces that you're wearing it, okay. and then that you okay. create an okay. average. Um, you then take the uh, toughness of the weapon and you compare it to the toughness of the armor. Whichever is the lowest, you subtract from the highest, and the leftover is the damage that is done to either the armor or the weapon. Um, okay. This game is a little bit of a, it. It kind of crosses genres a little bit because it, it is fantasy and sci-fi. A little bit of sci-fi. Well, yeah. As I'm looking um, at these pictures of these uh, you, you automatons, can, <laughs> you can actually play a barbarian on a pterodactyl with a laser gun. With laser gun. Oh my gosh. So okay. you may have uh, you know primitive barbarians carrying bone clubs fighting you know, someone from a, uh, uh, you know, a high-tech city-state that has a steel sword. Oh, um, okay. Something like that. So I wanted, to, I wanted to simulate the clashing of the uh, different materials and see, you know, which one would break, essentially. Right. right? <laughs> um, now, the, the basic setting for the game is, uh, you know, I've, it's been called Ancient Aliens, the role-playing game. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I won't okay. dispute that too much. <laughs> um, it's set 25,000 years ago on Earth in, in a mythological past. Um, the basic premise is that all the ancient gods throughout history were real, uh, but they were not magical beings in the strictest sense. They were uh, actually aliens from another world, huh. and uh, they've come here to mine gold. Now, the reason for that is uh, these aliens come from a planet called Nibiru, some people might know it, you know, if you're old enough to have read such things as Planet X and that sort of a thing. It's beyond, <laughs> beyond Pluto. Gotcha. Um, now, Nibiru uh, is on a 3,600-year I mean, 3, elliptical orbit around our sun. Um, they, uh, that planet has a, a dwaning uh, electromagnetic field, and so they're losing their atmosphere. Okay. Now, they found that in order to keep the atmosphere, they can take gold and use it to make mana and then spread that mana in the upper atmosphere to create a planetary shield. Uh, okay. okay. However, and there's always a however, um, <laughs> Nibiru doesn't have a lot of gold. But they did find it plentiful on Earth, on Earth so yeah. they started mining here on Earth. Okay. Uh, uh, the caveat to that is that they, they started to find out that um, their... Uh, on Nibiru, they have very long lifespans. They lived. Uh, they lived to be something like a million years old. But on Earth, they developed human lifespans. Oh, interesting. So, yes, <laughs> so quite short. Uh, so the uh, the humanoid lifespan uh, was seen as something of a death penalty to the uh, the workers. <laughs> and so they rebelled, and the leaders of Nibiru decided to uh, create the human race as a slave race to mine the gold for them. Uh -huh. uh, they then retreated to the heavens and kind of ruled as quote-unquote gods. Uh, and that's where we get, uh, you know, yeah, our, our of religions myths. and various yeah, okay. things like that. Okay. Um, there are five different, uh, you know, playable races in this game. Um, uh, most of them are similar enough to other uh, 
you know standard fantasy tropes that you you know you might recognize them. Uh, of course, you can play a human, but you can also right. play uh, a Neanderthal. Uh, they're very brutish and, and they're similar to orcs or half orcs or something like that. Okay. Um, in the way that they would be played, um, I have a race called the Balu, who are little pygmies. Uh, they, <laughs> they they might resemble something like uh, you know a halfling or a kender. Um, there's the Mahdi, who are elongated, uh, they have elongated craniums, uh, they, they are human-alien hybrids, and so they, they, huh. uh, they are a little akin to Vulcans and elves mixed together. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. You've, uh, let's see, we've got the um, Sasquatches, oh yeah, you can play Sasquatches, Sasquatches. in this game. Uh, I call them Enkidu. Uh, which is from the the Sumerian uh, you know ep- epic of Gilgamesh stories. So uh, oh, Enkidu wow. okay. was the, uh, the giant hairy uh, beast <laughs> beast like creature. Uh, so you can actually play those as well. Um, now I have um, uh, many different classes as well, and I and, and I, I say classes, but I I really use <clears throat> excuse me I really use a, a caste system within the game. Because professions in this game are, are not something that you can easily um, attain or change. And, and you're, there's really not any multi-class uh, characters. The, when, you're, when you're a child, uh, you're taken at the age of eight by a Sheshgal, who is a selector. And uh, they go through, uh, they send you through like a battery of tests similar to a, a Harry Potter, uh, you know, sorting hat. Like a sorting. <laughs> and uh, you get divvied up into different guilds and to different, into a different caste. Okay. Uh, you're taken away uh, for a period of 10 years until you, uh, you know, become an adult and have learned your profession and they, they uh, set you out on the world. But, um, but the caste systems are very ingrained within the society, and so you know, it, it, there's a lot of politics and intrigue within the game uh, because of that. Um, but again, the, the, you'll recognize a lot of those. We have, we have a warrior caste. There's a healer caste. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there's a, a caste called the Irhandi, who are psionicists, which, for you know, are very similar to mages or sorcerers uh, in that respect. Um, uh, but they deal with a lot of um, the, the spirit world as well, and they can perform exorcisms and things like that. Um, there, uh, this game has some, you know, quite a few actually uh, uh, non-combative roles that you can play. You can play a, a, a dubsar, which is a type of scribe. And uh, at first glance, you may say, "Well, who'd want to play a scribe?" <laughs> but in ancient, you know, uh, ancient Egypt and ancient Samaria, it, it was uh, against the law to to read and write uh, unless you were part of you know the scribes guild so I, I took that and put that in my game as well and I said well uh, they are going to control all knowledge I mean essentially they're the map makers oh, okay, they're the cartographers okay. the astrologists uh, uh, the astronomers uh, they're the ones who are the magistrates um, they're the liaisons between the gods and the humans and, and they're the only ones who can read and write so uh, uh, things you take for granted like sending a message you know to warn the castle of you know, oh, impending yeah, yeah. danger. You're going to have to now you pay, know, pay to, somebody to do that oh, and run well. the message. And then the person you're sending it to can't read it. So you're going to have to have someone else read it for them. <laughs> um, so that character becomes important. Um, this is a uh, technically a sci-fi game. So there are 
there is, com- you know, there are computers and there is computer right. operation. Uh, Dubsar are the ones who, who have access to that as well. Um, I have a, a cast called the Shadim who are builders or uh, engineers, but they have more of a Masonic tradition, uh, you know, than, uh, than just something you might see in, say, a Star Wars game. Um, okay. It's, it, there's some esoteric knowledge there. Um, but, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time on this game um, trying to develop the setting and trying to, you know, develop a lot of different, you know, um, plot hooks, if you will, that are kind of bi- built in okay. into to, the, the, into the, to the, the casts and the guilds themselves so that um, it would be fairly easy to, you know, create, some, uh, create an adventure. Okay. Um, it, Two more things uh, sure, with sure. this game. Uh, one thing that I thought was kind of cool is uh, back in the old days when you had West End Games was making uh, the, the, the first D6 Star Wars, you know, they had uh, right. uh, Force Points. Oh, yeah. And yeah. since then, I know people have, uh, you know, created uh, games that have something similar where you've got points that you can turn in to, to affect roles. Uh-huh. And so I decided to do something like that with Karma. And I have, a, I have a Karma point system in our game. Okay. And every character starts with three good Karma points. All right. Uh, now, you can turn those in to, uh, you know, like I said, affect roles. You can use one Karma point to, to re-roll a failed roll, two Karma points to not have to roll and just succeed, okay. or three Karma points to get a critical success. Uh, the caveat to karma points is that every time you use one, uh, you get a bad karma point in return. And the uh, GM can then use a bad karma point to make you re-roll successes. I gotcha. So, yeah, yeah, sort of um, like those dark side points that you might right. get in the, the old Star Wars um, games. And uh, finally, the, the cool thing about this game is that, you know, assuming you, you spend a long time making your character and, you, you know, you go through this dungeon and you get that arrow to the knee. Right. Um, <laughs> You know, it. You don't have to die. You don't have to retire, retire the character. Uh, you can continue playing as a ghost. Oh, really? Um, Interesting. I, I, yeah, I always hated. Uh, you know that that you know character creation. You get really into a, a guy. You you know you go on a couple of adventures. I mean, when you get killed, what are you going to do while the rest of your friends are sitting there playing? You know, right, right. Maybe play an NPC or something. It's it's not quite as fun. Right. So you can continue playing that character as a ghost. Uh, you keep your same abilities. Um, you now are able to fly as your mode of transport. <laughs> you can walk through walls. Okay. Uh, you have to learn how to commune with the living, unless there's a medium uh, in the party, and then that's easy. Okay. Uh, you have to learn, again, how to manipulate objects, because remember, you don't have a corporeal body. Right. Um, but you can do so through trial and error, and uh, you can even learn how to possess people. Or possess robots. Oh, interesting. Uh, that's fun, you know. Um, and uh, there's a whole host of uh, psionic abilities that are opened up to you. Um, actually, you you get all the Irhandi uh, skill tiers, uh, you know, available to you. Um, <laughs> you still have to purchase those skills. Then you don't uh, know how to. But they're yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But they're but they're there. They're available. Uh, the, the the caveat to being a ghost, however, is that you're vampiric in nature. Oh. Uh, so. Yeah, it's unnatural for you to exist on this uh, prime material plane, so you lose stamina on a daily basis, and the only way to replenish that is by sucking the life energy out of a living <laughs> source. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, it doesn't have to be your fellow party members. Uh, so you can, it, it could be an animal be or an enemy or something like enemy. that. Okay. It also doesn't have to be to the death. Uh, you can you can just oh, suck okay. enough out, you know, to okay. replenish something. Um, but this uh, in my game, this is where uh, religion and uh, sacrifices and things uh, started to take root. Right. Um, you know, ghosts are are well known. Uh, people people know they exist in the society, and uh, in order to keep ghosts from attacking villages and whatnot, a lot of times they will uh, put out sacrificial lambs or uh, oh, okay. you know uh, bowls of blood inside a cemetery to keep the ghosts satiated so they don't yeah, attack people. So they don't come in. Uh, okay. And the ghosts are somewhat happy about that. I mean, huh. uh, in exchange, sometimes they'll, you know, uh, make it rain and uh, have your crops, uh, you know, oh. uh, grow oh, better okay. or something like that, or okay. run off, okay. uh, you know, the the, the evil whatever's uh, messing around, with yeah, the barbarians yeah. in the woods who are encroaching or something. Um, so huh. you know, so it works for both sides. Um, but that's a, that's kind of the game in a nutshell. Um, okay. Well, well, Chris, uh, where where can our listeners, and where can people um, find and get a copy of of Anchor, Kingdom of the Gods? Well, uh, you can, like I said before, it is available at uh, uh, barnesandnoble.com and walmart.com. Mm-hmm. However, uh, I don't see a huge royalty off of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would prefer if people uh, went to drive through RPG mm-hmm. or chrismillergames.com uh, and bought them directly from me. Uh, the soft cover books are uh, $35. The hardcover is $45. Uh, I have digital content, uh, usually a digital package containing the book for adventures and a short story um, is $15. Well, thank you very much. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for coming to Scarab and, and bringing Bringing your game here, I understand uh, you're you're thinking next year of coming back and 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 having demos of the game too. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Scarab has been a blast. Um, I've had a lot of fun here. Um, un- unfortunately, I was uh, kind of understaffed this this time around, uh-huh. um, and I wasn't confident that I could uh, you know run demos and sell and at sell. the table <laughs> and all that. So, gotcha. Um, next year, I'm looking at um, having a team of, of hopefully three other people with me. And oh, that'd be cool. And uh, we're going to get them, uh, you know, trained up so they can uh, feel <laughs> confident playing the game and running the and game. And running and it for that. people. Yeah. Well, that'd be really cool. So that's that's something to, to look forward to for uh, 2021 at Scarab. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Chris. Thank you. Podcast at And now, wait, wait, hold on. Toast, uh, cue ah. up the RPG Pharaoh's challenge music. Ah, is it this one here? Yeah, that track. Yeah, track okay, five. Cool. Okay, here we go. And now, the RPG Pharaoh's challenge 2020! Wait a minute, Toast. No. <laughs> Dang it. I... That's not the music. Yeah, well, it is now. Uh, All right, so it's Saturday morning here at Scarab. Bright and early. There's not many people in the lobby, so we're going to take advantage of that. I have three of our GMs for the RPG Pharaohs Challenge 2020 here. 
<laughs> I know, two of them are ready to, to draw blood. Uh, the fourth one is not here yet. She's probably sleeping or something. I can't blame her. I think we all would be if we could be. So, so before we um, determine what your what your um, oh my gosh, what your game systems are going to be, uh, why don't you say your name and and a little something something. Uh, I'm Calvin Corn, and I'm going to be the winner of this year's Pharaohs Challenge. Just saying. Bold statement from Calvin Corn. And next to Calvin. I'm Ray Sullivan, and uh, he's going to win second place. He's definitely right about that. <laughs> All right. Ray's already, predicting, Ray's already predicting a winner of second place. And who else do we have here? Uh, I'm Brooklyn Corn, and I think you're actually wrong. I think he's going to get third. <laughs> We're about to strip Captain Corn of his captain duties. Ooh. So Brooklyn's saying Calvin's not going to completely lose. He's going to get third place, though. Interesting. The other, the other GM, uh, like I said, she's not quite here yet this morning. Is Brianna Kale, uh, but when she comes in, she'll get the the last one. So guys, hey, I don't suppose you guys have those have those D20s that I gave you last night. Oh, well, we need a die. We need a die. No, we got to die right here. Go die. I mean, wait, come back. Don't die. We're gonna, we're gonna. You guys are gonna roll to see who gets to. Let's go. We should go with a D20. I think a D20 seems appropriate. D20 seems thematically appropriate for some reason. That's a big, one of the big clues was D20. So you're each going to roll this D20. Highest number gets to kit their system first. Brooklyn gets a 16. Calvin rolls. He gets an 18. Oh, Calvin already drawn first blood. And Ray coming in with a 20. Whoa. How's it feel? How's How's it feel to, to crit out on the first roll of the day? That's just the beginning of winning today. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm going to show you the systems. And, Ray, you get to get the first choose. Or should I just let them choose a color? These are the colors. The colors may or may not course. The colors actually do thematically line up with the different systems. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I drew, I drew red yesterday, so I'll stick with red. Red. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll do the big reveal. All right, looks like uh, Calvin. Calvin's going to go with purple. Oh, drawing more blood because he knows purple would have been the color that Brooklyn would have chosen. Yeah, stop cheating. What's Brooklyn going to choose? Brooklyn chooses yellow. All right, guys, you can open up to the first page and let's see what you get. It looks like... All these systems are the 2D20 systems from Modifius, because it's 2020. And let's see what we got here. Ray, what'd you get? I got John Carter of Mars. All right, a little uh, sword and sand uh, Martian action. What did you get, Brooklyn? I got Conan. Conan, Hiberian Age. Classic sword and sorcery. And what did you get, Calvin? I get to throw some mutants from the Mutant Chronicles at some folks, so... Ah. A little dystopian future with Mutant Chronicles. And Brianna is going to be, be rocking with Star Trek Adventures from Modifius. All right, guys. Well, come back here at, um, we'll say, one-ish. <laughs> and I'll bring you into the room and give you your random plot elements, a little extra surprises, and we'll have some supplies for you guys to be able to use for your games. Okay? These quick starts, they have the pre-generated uh, player characters are in the, the back flap. 
Um, you've got a full copy of the Quick Start Rules. Use these to help you kind of get an idea for how the rule system works. There is a sample adventure in there. Your job is not going to be to run the sample adventure, but to come up with your own adventure based off of the random elements that you're going to get. But please use the sample adventure to give you an idea of how, to, uh, <laughs> of how the game's supposed to run. And it might give you ideas of how you're, how to kind of scale your different creatures and encounters and such. All right, any other questions? Do we got to fill out these character sheets? No, the character sheets are already filled out. They're already pre-generated. Like you've got a sample sheet for John Carter and Deja Thoris. And nope, those are, those are conditioned things that they'll fill out when they get, when they get damaged. Any other questions? Uh, I'm good. <coughs> what about you, Brooklyn? All right, guys. Well, good luck to you. All right. Good luck. All right. So uh, we're here. We have the, the fourth GM for the RPG Ferris Challenge 2020, uh, Brianna. How are you doing, Brianna? Uh, good. Well rested. Um, I'm feeling good about this. A little nervous, but... Okay. I think you've already got a bit of an advantage on, every, on the other GMs because you are well rested. So, so that's good. So they got their they um they did a little smack talking with each other. Uh, if you want to, you can, but they're not going to hear it because they're not here. But that's fine. Uh, but you've competed in a version of the Ferris Challenge at least once, uh, and you played in at least one of them, maybe a couple of them at various years. I think I've played in two. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, here is your game system. You get the blue folder. Uh, yep. Uh, it's it's because they they picked all the other colors, <laughs> so it just kind of worked out. Awesome, nice. So let's see what you got. Ooh, Star Trek Adventures. All right, so this is this is from Modiphius's two D twenty system. I don't know what that is, but well, because I was like, oh, it's twenty twenty, so let's use a two D twenty system. That is clever. I like that. <laughs> so so you've got Star Trek Adventures. Um, this might be difficult because I haven't seen Star Trek, or I've seen very, very minimal Star Trek, so I'm a bad nerd, but we're going to do our best. <laughs> okay. So the, the other GMs got um, Conan, a little sword and sorcery Conan. Okay, yeah. Uh, one person got John Carter of Mars. <laughs> so you're like, oh, I'm glad I didn't get that one. And then somebody else got one called Mutant Chronicles. Okay. I don't know what most of those are, <laughs> but this is going to be fun. All of them are going to be really different, like, adventures. Yes, they are. So, so in this, it's a quick start, so it's got, um, it tells you how, it tells you the rules. You've got pre-generated characters already in there. Um, it does have a sample adventure in there. So you use that to kind of help give you an idea of how to how you uh, should run the game and to give you ideas for like maybe what type of stats to use for encounters. Okay. Um, and at 1 o'clock, we're going to go in there, and you're going to get uh, an actual random uh, adventure hook to use to create your own adventure. Okay. And I'm going to have a few other surprises in there. And there's going to be another crazy surprise that you're going to have to work into your game as well. That's going to be so much fun. I'm always excited about that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, cool. Um, so there you go. I hope you uh, – I wish you the best of luck. And, and um, yeah, enjoy reading through that and uh, trying to learn about Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be fun. All right, cool. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Well, Ray should be on his way. 
Um, but since I've got three of my GMs right here, I keep every time I see a tall, lanky guy come across around the way, I think is that right? No, that's not right. Uh. All right, guys. So how do you feel about your how do you feel about your uh, your systems? Great. Brooklyn, Brooklyn hasn't looked at hers yet. Uh, I'm ready to go. I'm good. Calvin hasn't looked at his yet. Either. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good about it. And, and Brianna's looked at hers. She's studied hers. Uh, Ray's been over there studying his too, and he had some interesting observations that he told Ruby about. But I'm not gonna share this. So we're gonna go into this room, and you're gonna see your table. It's gonna have a little th th sign that has your your game on it. Underneath that's a piece of paper that's going to have a plot element, a, uh, and by that I mean a, a sort of a just a plot thread for you to use to make your game. Are you okay? No, I was just saying I didn't want to pull that, put that too close so you got that feedback. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Good call. All right, so let's go ahead and go in here. All right. So you can see where your tables are. When Ray gets over here, he'll figure it out. All right, so we have Star Trek over here. Looks like Conan over here. Oh, right, wait. Oh, crud. Does Calvin have the mic? Okay, cool. Okay, so on this table over here, we have I have some resources for you, for you guys to use, some little glass beads, some poker chips, a whole bunch of stuff. You're each going to get one of these cubes of D6s, and you get to choose two more D20s. We could be civil about it, or you guys can fight over it. I personally don't care. It's humorous either way. Since we know the systems use, what, D20s and D6s. Okay, so grab two more of those D D20s. Yep. I said these resources are available for you to use uh, you can the dice are yours to keep these these things uh, need to come back to me because they're mine <laughs> but like I said there's there's poker chips in here and there's a uh, there's plastic poker chips in here and there's clay poker chips in here and that's other random stuff that this is not stuff for your shoes okay uh, let's see and I also have and since you guys are here you guys will get to do this first you have random plot hooks. You're going to get a random NPC. Okay? It's an overall theme going on here where uh, I'm just calling it the, the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So each of these is one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. You're going to get one at random. There's going to be um, some little cues on there and there's spaces for you to write in extra information such as uh, what sort of what sort of things they might want here, what sort of personality quirks they want. It's up to you to interpret how this 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 basic concept kind of fits into your your game. Okay, but you'll see the things that you you need to uh, circle and kind of talk about. So uh, we can roll off to see who gets to choose first. In true tradition. So let's roll a d20. Here, uh, yeah, I was gonna say just don't don't hold the mic on the. Uh, Oh, Ray is here. Awesome. All right, Calvin got a four. Brooklyn got a 13. Brianna got a nine. Let's see what Ray gets. Gonna roll a d20. <laughs> I know, right? In this game, never. 
Ray got a 14. So who was the... Was it Ray that got the highest? Yeah. Told All right. you. All right, Ray. One of many. This is gonna be this is gonna be your random NPC. Which one do you want? I made you roll. This one seems dark. Maybe. I'll take the dark one. All right, it's probably pretty dark. By reveal. Oh, yes. Who do you have? Oh, okay. Which horse? Which of the horsemen the of the apocalypse rider. you have? All right. There's some right. spaces on there for you to fill out additional information yeah. about those if you want. I think it was. Was I not correct? I think it was what? Uh, How much I think, more dark can I get? I think Brooklyn, you had the, the next highest, so which one do you want? Alright, who'd you get? Destruction. Destruction. Also known as war. Interesting. Right. It doesn't matter who I get, I'm going to win anyway. <laughs> which one do you want? Alright, so you got Conquest. And that leaves, of course, <laughs> Famine. Famine. Alright. That is not the one I trust. <laughs> okay, guys, so um, go ahead and go to your, your tables. Underneath your little place card over here, Ray, is going to be the, uh, the plot hook, as it were. You also get some D6s. Thank you. And you get uh, two, more of these D two more of these D20s. Do you have a particular preference on color? Okay. I actually have a couple, so I may not need them, I think. Well, that's fine. And these resources, these poker chips and these things, are up here for, for, for general yes, use. Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, okay. it says I need a lot of tokens, so I might have to go get my own. Well, that's why I got poker chips and things up here. All right, guys. So that being said, you have about an hour or so to prep your game. Any last-second questions? Did you just say, uh? I said, uh, where do I pick up my winnings? <laughs> I mean, that's the spirit, guys. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm going to, I will, uh, I will shut this, this door here so that you guys can have some, a little bit of silence to, to think about what you're doing. All right. You can do whatever you want. So, hey, we're here at Scarab 2020, and that explains all the background noise that's going on. And we are getting ready to announce the winner of the 2020 RPG Pharaohs Challenge. And we have all the contestants here, the people who competed. Uh, hey, who do we have here? Calvin. Brooklyn. Brianna. And Ray. All right, so first off, what did you guys think of the challenge? I mean, it's always fun. We had a good time at my table. It was fun and interesting. It was a, a blast. My players had fun. I had fun. It was a lot, a lot of fun. I love enjoying... Uh, Learning a new system, so yeah, it was great. Cool, cool. Well, I'm glad you guys had fun. And Tim's over here just mouthing nothing to the mic because he didn't compete or anything like that. <laughs> so we have a we have a big table full of loot and prizes here. So this is this is the stuff everyone's gonna get some stuff, including these nifty little little medals. Uh, a wheel participation awards. Participation awards. <laughs> All right. So let's see where to begin on this. Uh, talk, I've talked with all the judges and, every, and everybody. I've looked through all the slips. I've uh, compiled the numbers and added in uh, various data depending on what people said. Um, let's see, where, where to begin? Uh, in no particular order. Uh, by that I mean over here, Calvin, I guess. Calvin, your players, uh, they, they thought you really played a game. 
you you really did a job. Yeah, that sounds about <laughs> right. Um, yeah, that, that's that's the kind of feedback I got. No. Yeah, it, it was it was a game. Uh, Donald said you, uh, he would definitely play in a game that you ran again. So you, you, could, you could consider that high praise. That's always my goal. He really liked the weird voices and stuff that you made. I, well, told, I don't know what he's talking about. Hey. <laughs> I said that's just the way he is. <laughs> uh, Brooklyn, yeah, the players at your table like the, way that you, like the fact that you uh, pretty much let them get away with all sorts of crazy stuff and... Uh, they had fun being able to do pretty much what they wanted to do. Seems about right. <laughs> uh, uh, Brianna, everybody at your table really enjoyed your the enthusiasm and the energy that you brought. It really oh, helped yeah. them all get into it. So <laughs> they had a lot of a lot of fun. And then there's Ray. What up? <laughs> Ruby Ruby had a lot of fun. Liz had a lot of fun at your table. Uh, and that's all that matters. Is that, yes, right. Is that your players had fun? Um, <laughs> they, they 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 really enjoyed the the way you incorporated a lot of the aspects of the of the John Carter of Mars kind of stuff into it, the Martian aspects and stuff. Thank you. And they said uh, your storyline, the story that you went with, they said was was pretty neat. Was was there was some interesting stuff there. So I like to say thanks, and Tim, you're doing a great job with the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a step up from being a doorstop. <laughs> yes, it is. So I just want to say that all of you guys did a really good job. Um, you, you had a, a tough job getting this system that I know none of you had seen, and probably for some IPs and genres that you probably hadn't seen before. Though I think the one person who got Star Trek really didn't know anything about Star Trek. So that was interesting. Um, I'm not sure how much, how familiar, Ray, you were with uh, Martian Chronicles. Or... or John Carter. What? You've seen the movie? Well, you know, that's enough. I don't know, Calvin, you didn't know squad about Martian yeah, I, Chronicles. Yeah, I had no idea. And Brooklyn, I don't know. I don't know yeah. how much you knew about Conan. Nothing. See? So was it? Like you played, oh, the video game. You're like, aren't we supposed to be cannibals or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Building a everybody in Conan is can, are cannibals. That's just a rule. All right. So I know what you're, you're like, you're like, okay, John, shut up. We, we, we want to know who, we want to know who won. We don't care about that stuff. You can give us praise and stuff like that later. We don't care. So, I will say that for the most part, the a lot of the numbers were really close. So it did come down to a lot of uh, talking with the different judges and getting, getting information from them to really figure out who was going to win this year. So I'm going to start off with. Are you kidding? It's no reflection on anybody. So coming in fourth place. Um, you did you did a really good job, and like I said, people really enjoyed the the ability that you the, what you let them do in the game. Coming in fourth place, here's your loot, Brooklyn Corn. Thank you. So you got a nice wooden uh, dice dice tray, this dice holder that's got some actual dice in it, a mystery sand thing that you can open up and it's going to have a, a secret uh, treasure of the of the pharaohs Ooh, and you get a, a trophy that actually says you participated as a GM in the RPG Pharaohs Challenge 2020 Sweet. See, honestly, I really don't care that I came in fourth place I just really hope my dad doesn't come in first just hope your dad doesn't win <laughs> alright well coming in third a very solid third and by that I mean it was really hard to figure out who was going to come in third. I really hope it's you. Calvin, 
It was not you. Oh. <laughs> but coming in third, Ray Sullivan. So you get a much bigger dice tray, a bigger dice vault with some dice in it. Also a secret treasure of uh, the pharaohs. Appreciate it. And, and an award that you can now show to people and say, oh, I participated in the pharaohs challenge. That's right. And you get this uh, nifty little uh, bag thing that you can oh. put, put your stuff in. <laughs> All right. So now the hard part, first and second place. All right. It comes down to Brianna and Calvin Kwan. I still think we should arm wrestle for it. I'm oh. down. I'm down. <laughs> Maybe we'll pause right here. Yeah. <laughs> to arm wrestle for it. All right. So, person who came in second place uh, did display a lot of a lot of great energy at their table. Their players were having a lot of fun, and the judge was the judge was really impressed with the way they were able to arbitrate some of the the rules and just keep the story moving and adapt to that bizarre whatever it was I was trying to do halfway through the game where I made you guys switch in PCs. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was so coming in second place in the RPG Pharaoh's challenge Calvin Korn. Yep. You have here's your loot. You get a copy of the game. You get a bigger dice full that also has a dice roller. Which means for 2020 there you gotta carry all this stuff coming. For 2020, the 2020 Yay. RPG Pharaoh's Challenge winner Brianna Kale. Yay! Oh my goodness! I'm so excited. So much stuff. <laughs> so one thing I came, I was thinking about when um, I sat down at my table is I recently found out that one of my teachers uh -huh. is really into RPGs. So I think it's gonna be oh. really cool to go in um, when go, I come back from break and tell them that I uh, I won a cool RPG challenge. That you won an award for, yeah. for your GMing. That's and especially very cool. That's very cool. It being my second time running. I'm, uh -huh. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> wow! Second time running. Second time running at a con, yeah. That's at a con. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So, so this this, uh, this dice box has it's it, not only is it a tray that you can roll your dice in, it has a dice tower in it, and has a little dice vault that has two sets of dice in it as well. Nice, awesome, so, yay! A whole bunch of good stuff. So, congratulations Thank on you. winning the RPG Fairness Challenge for 2020. <laughs> so this means this means next year. I am going to ask you to help judge the RPG Pharaohs Challenge for its character. Awesome! So, Yay! So, so you get to be the one judging other people on what they do. <laughs> yes, that's so, going to be fun. So again, congratulations to all of you. You all did a great job considering the, the, the heck that I put you through with this system that you've never seen before and, uh, and some, some random NPC stuff. And, uh, you all just did a great job. So thank you, thank you all for, for participating as G. I'm just glad to get a couple of free stuff out of it. <laughs> Sweet. Good job. Good job, guys. Good job. And thank you, Tim, for holding the mic. At least I'm good for something. You are, you are always good for holding things. So that was recordings from the RPG Ferris Challenge 2020 at Scarab Gaming Con. We'll be taking the RPG Ferris Challenge over to ShushCon in Polly's Island, uh, March 28th in particular is when that's going to be. Hey, would you like the RPG Ferris Challenge at your gaming con? Well, contact uh, swarmcastpodcast at gmail.com if that's something you're interested in. And 
we'll talk about it and we'll try to work something out. Peace out. That's it. That's the end of the show. You can go back to your life. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. We've spent this whole time talking with John about Scarf 2020. And he did this RPG Forest Challenge. John, John, get in here. Get in here. Toast, what's going on? You got some splaining to do, John. What, you mean like, why all of a sudden uh-huh. I'm back? No, 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 I, I mean, weren't we fighting giant robots or, yeah. or something like that? Right, There was something that was controlling a bunch of robotic the no FOMO, no mo. Yeah, all that stuff's true. Yeah, but... so what happened with that? How are you back? I thought there was oh. some weird revolution thing going on. Well, that's a really funny story there, Toast. Oh, I got it. Yeah. In fact, uh, why don't our listeners tell us what they think happened and why it is that all of a sudden I'm back. Yeah, just uh, email whatever you think happened to yeah. swarmcastpodcast at gmail.com. You got it. And we'll pick one of those to be the official answer and maybe give a prize. Oh, yeah. We're going to give a really good prize for that, aren't we? Sure. We've done ah. this before in the past. Kind of. We've often had contests that led places. Anyway, most of the music you've heard on this episode came from iFight Dragons at iFightDragons.com and some MC Lars at MCLars.com. So guys, go check them guys out. Heck yeah. And uh, look out for the Swarm cast. We're going to be at Tantrum Con. And we're going to be at Shush Con. And you never okay. know what other cons we're going to pop up at. Mm-hmm. That's so true. until next time, when you think of toast, think of me. <laughs> Maybe some burnt bread with butter on it or something. Ah. Here I am in 1729, Dublin, Ireland. Time to meet one of my heroes. Um, hey, excuse me. Uh, would you happen to be an Anglo-Irish satirist, essayist, political pamphleteer? You know, first for the Whigs, then for the Tories, and a poet? Mm-hmm. Ad, ad cleric and dean of St. Patrick's Cathedral, and that's a resounding guess, my little orange friend. Oh, wait, wait, would you happen to be... Jonathan Swift? <laughs> Indeed, I am the same. How may I help you? Well, man, I, I'm a big fan of your work. Uh, my name's Toast, see? And where I'm from, we love to, uh... Ah, uh, yes, yes. Gulliver's Travels. Here, let me sign your copy. Uh, oh, oh, no, not that one. Jack Black kind of ruined that one for me. Wait, uh, who? Obscure reference. Uh, never mind. Uh, no, I'm talking about... Uh, <clears throat> A modest proposal for preventing the children of poor people in Ireland being a burden on their parents, our country, and making them beneficial to the public. Oh, you you read my essay. You're a fan? Oh, you bet I am. Especially the part about... Eating eating babies! babies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, yes, that, that was my favorite part as well, but you know, Toast. Yeah? Some folks just misunderstand what I meant by that. Oh? How so? Well, they they thought I was making satire, as I am wont to do, but on the contrary. Really? So you are serious about eating babies? Oh, but of course. You see, Toast, it it goes a little like this. 
I make satire, it says. Got babies on the brain. That's what people say. That's what people say. The government's too lame. But I can't make them sane. At least that's what people say. That's what people say. But I keep writing. Can't stop, won't stop fighting. It's like I got this idea in my mind saying poor Irish got a plight. Cause impoverished gotta pay, 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 pay. Tax collectors gotta take, 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 take. Babies, I'm just gonna bake, 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 bake. I pick them up, I pick them up. Rich people gonna eat, 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 eat. All that yummy baby meat, 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 meat. Babies, I'm just gonna bake, 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 bake. I pick them up, I pick them up. Many ways to cook them, see? That tasty baby meat. So tasty. And that's what they don't see here. That's what they don't see here. I sure don't. Boiled, roasted, even stewed. Fricasseed or a goo. That's one of my favorites. And maybe with the frothy brew. I'd like a frothy brew. But I keep writing. I can't stop, won't stop fighting. It's like I got this idea. In my mind, saying poor Irish got a plight. Cause impoverished gotta pay, 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 pay. I'm just gonna take, 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 take. Babies, I'm just gonna bake, 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 bake. I pick them up, I pick them up. Rich people gotta eat, 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 eat. All that yummy baby meat, 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 meat. Babies, I'm just gonna bake, 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 bake. I pick them up, pick them up. I pick them up. I pick them up, I I pick them up, I pick them up, I I pick them up, I pick them up, I I pick them up, I pick them up. Hey, 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 just think while you've been getting down and out about the 1700s and the dirty, dirty cheats of the world, you could have been getting down to this sick beat. My government brought his new girlfriend, she's like, hey, mom, dear. But I'm just gonna bake, and the fellow over there with the colonial hair. Would you come grab a baby, and we can bake it, bake, bake it. Cause I'm Paris gonna pay, 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 pay. That collector's gonna take, 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 take. Babies, I'm just gonna bake, 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 bake. I bake him up, I bake him up. Rich people gotta eat, 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 eat All that yummy baby meat, 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 meat Babies, I'm just gonna bake, 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 bake I pick them up, I pick them up, up I pick them up, I pick them up I pick them up, I pick them up I, I pick them up, I pick them up Up, up, I pick them up, I pick them up Up, up, I pick them up, I pick them up I pick them up I bake them up. I bake them up. I bake them up. I bake them up. I'm hungry now.